0: This is the Jay Chay Show, brought to you by Karate Beyond. Discipline, focus, confidence. KarateBeyond.com. Let's begin. Okay. Mm. Our Living Hope. This is your book, Patty. You're an author. Yes. You know, the first time I met you, I remember... I remember the very first time I met you. Why is that? Because it was very apparent that you had a very, very busy life. (laughs) (laughs) Like really busy, as in like juggling a lot of things. And then I found out how many children you had. I was like, that makes complete (laughs) sense.
1: And it doesn't feel busy because a lot of people say that to me, but it feels relaxed.
0: Right. Does
1: it? It does. And possibly because we homeschool a lot. Right. And it just keeps for a simpler schedule. So when the evening activities come, we've Mm -hmm. had a lot of time together as a family.
0: Really? Mm -hmm. Because outside looking in, when I first met you, I thought, oh my God, how are you keeping it all together?
1: A lot of the appointments I have difficulty and some of them get missed and then I get a call and I think, oh, I, I didn't even know we had that appointment. <laughs> but other than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no,
0: no, I'm, 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 I'm going to be honest. I was like, oh, this, this lady's crazy. <laughs> this lady's straight up, you know, there's all these responsibilities, all these souls that are under your care. And yet you somehow managed to do it all. It seems like it's amazing.
1: Jason, my husband, is also just in it as much as as me. So that's part of it because we're working together to raise seven children that it, we're able to do it. And he's probably,
0: oh, he cooks. Mm-hmm. Oh, mind you, he's a he's uh, for those that don't know, Jason Saylor is a doctor at uh, Watson, and your name is Patty Saylor. A proper introductions, GHA show episode, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here with my friend Patricia Saylor, who is an author uh, of a book called Our Living Hope. Okay, um, so getting back to you and your family, right? So my my first recollection of you is was that, okay, here comes this lady who's bringing me uh, two children, one of which is probably got the most abundance of energy out of all the children that I have mm-hmm. uh, here at the dojo. <laughs> <laughs> this kid's got it. And then some, mm-hmm. right. Uh, and then, you know, you, you had a, uh, you asked me to th- uh, throw a birthday party uh, for yeah. Ashanti. I didn't know who Ashanti was. Mm. I didn't know who Ashanti was. I was like, Ashanti, who's Ashanti. <laughs> and then you uh, you introduced me to Ashanti who's wheelchair bound. But more than that, can you can you tell me a little bit can you yes. tell us about Ashanti?
1: So that was for her 19th birthday. She'll be 21 next month and we met Ashanti when she was 16. We saw her profile on the Tampa Heart Gallery where children are um, their, their picture and the description of their personality is placed on that website when they are available for adoption. Okay. And our kiddos had asked us to adopt a teenager. And at first we said, no, we don't have room. And my advice to other families has always been, listen to your kiddos when they come with questions. So I had that pause of, wait a second, why am I saying no without even thinking about it? And so we started the process, found Ashanti, and she has cerebral palsy. That's her main diagnosis. And then Jason can rattle off all the rest. But what it means is she's non-ambulatory, wheelchair-bound. She's mostly nonverbal, but we we believe she can understand everything that we're saying Mm -hmm. and she tries her best to communicate with blinking her eyes big smiles or dirty looks (laughs) (laughs) she gives dirty looks oh yeah okay (laughs) all right so she uh she moved in then when she was um she was 17 and our Our lives have been forever changed, all for the better. She is the biggest blessing. She's filled with joy, despite her constant pain, physical pain, from her medical conditions.
0: Um, I don't think people understand the level in which we describe, or you describe Ashanti, as in she's not able to walk, Mm talk, talk move on her own she can't support herself as a a regular human being she will always be in need of constant care and attention yes and this is the person that you've adopted
1: yes and what better family for her than than one with a bunch of people because she loves loud and she's always surrounded by children then, and right. she loves being with them. She loves babies and friends of ours who are fostering babies right now. She gets to hold a baby every week. <laughs> it's so much fun, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: and so so you so you asked me to do a birthday party and, mm-hmm. and of course, I happily obliged, and i again, I just didn't know and here you bringing the Shanti in her wheelchair and just her being on the mat. In a wheelchair, just amongst the action, and I could see she was happy. Yeah, she really enjoyed it. At least that's from, from what I, from what I, you know, uh, from what I can tell. And that's my like one we the first time meet. No, that wasn't the first time. I Manishanti, uh, you you brought her in uh, time before so that she can watch class. Yeah, I think Bellamy. people
1: uh, when they first meet her, they think oh they have to be careful around her because right. she is non ambulatory, um, very fragile. And um, some of the retractions in her limbs will cause people to pause and look and and possibly think we have to be very careful. We don't want to hurt her. Right. But she's out there for dodgeball at the birthday party. Right. Having a blast. When she was at one of her sister Ashlyn's volleyball games, she actually got hit in the face with a volleyball. Oh, my God. And everyone just stopped Freaked in horror. Out. And she was hysterically laughing. So, right. She she just loves to have fun with everybody.
0: Yeah. You guys chose this. Yes. <laughs> you and and okay, like and and I wanted to say Jason, your husband, Dr. Jason Sailor, the most mellow guy I have <laughs> ever met. Ever. He gives the most chill vibe, chill energy. Like you can't phase this guy. And of course, before I met Jason, I didn't know he was a doctor. You know, I don't know what you guys did. You know, for uh, for anything. You know, just like people that wanted to come to the dojo, you know, and have their kids participate and and learn martial arts. But then, then I then I find out, and then I find out he's like just he's a comedian. (laughs) Dude is funny.
1: He's always pranking all the kids. Right. Yeah. Making
0: memes of you and. (laughs) And a super super nice guy. And a super great guy. Yeah. And again, you guys chose this.
1: Yes. Yes, we we started dating in college. We met on an intramural soccer team. And I told him early on that my desire was to adopt um, the child who the book is dedicated to is now in his late 20s I met him as a senior in high school Chris Hopgood and I was volunteering with him in a big brother big sister capacity at a group home in Fort Washington Pennsylvania and Jason had met him and I knew from that point on I would like to adopt and he was he said yeah absolutely he had nothing against adoption Um, how old was he at the time we were twenty, twenty yeah. years old,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and so when um, when we got married a couple years later, uh, we quickly realized how difficult it is to start a private adoption process without any money, <laughs>
0: hmm.
1: and so. We, minute, hold,
0: hold on. Uh, uh, how much are we talking here to be able to adopt
1: well when we someone. started the process the paperwork for an adoption for private domestic meaning within the united states adoption the paperwork was $10,000 just to get it started whoa yeah and we had created a family book at that point and we were it was being passed out to birth parents And then they could choose us as the adoptive parents of their unborn child. Okay. But our adoptions that we ended up doing were through the state, which is pretty much free. Okay. It's all paid for. And so that's a big misconception that people have of adoption, that it's going to cost too much. I don't have enough money. But within the state of Florida, which is a very adoption-friendly state, they actually cover all the... other adoption-friendly other states, states. What what does right. that mean? That that um, if a birth parent comes back in the picture, even though this paperwork and this birth certificate has been changed to have your name on it as the parent, that they can come back in and take and the child. Take your child that and that really doesn't happen in Florida. Got it. You know the paperwork that shows that we are the parents now. The birth certificate gets actual; it's physically changed to have our names on it, and then, you know, we don't ever have to worry. Are the kids going to be taken from us because someone shows up from the birth family and says, I wanted to raise them?
0: Mm. Okay. Um, Walk me through, uh, I mean, if if there's a simple way to walk me through the process of adoption here in the state of Florida, so going through the state, not private.
1: So through the state, you can take two paths one of them is foster care and one of them is adoption and so a lot of people will say well I couldn't give the kids back it would be too hard and so if you know that emotionally psychologically you're not going to be able to handle that part of foster care then it definitely is the adoption path that you want to take because the children who you will be introduced to are available for adoption their per, their birth parental rights have already been terminated but we chose the foster care adoption in the uh, the foster care process in the end because we loved that the goal was reunification with the birth family mm. and we just really recognized at that point that this dream of adoption is our dream, but God would want to see these birth families be able to be reunified, and how much more amazing would that be if they could stay in their family of origin and we could help the whole family find healing. And then they could stay together and we could continue that process of fostering more children and allowing that to unfold with their birth parents. So... Both processes are done through Heartland for Children. They're the lead agency for Polk, Hardy, and Highlands counties. And there's a crisis right now because we've had, you know, thousands upon thousands moving into Florida in the past few years. And with that comes broken families. And so there's even more children in the system and not enough foster homes for them. So the big need is for sibling group um foster caregivers, um, teenage foster caregivers, and the children who are waiting, who are available for adoption. Some of them have been waiting for the past few years. Ashanti was the longest waiting child in Hillsborough County, and she was in the system from age 10 months to when we adopted her at age 17. Oh, wow. Yeah. And being nonverbal... There's a lot of things that we'll never know about her life.
0: Man. 17 years. Mm-hmm. And not able to voice a thing. No.
1: And a lot of things that parents will advocate for their children didn't happen for her then. Um, In one foster home, she had her ankles broken so that her feet could be reset. So maybe in the long run, she could be in a stand up wheelchair. And, you know, she could possibly learn how to walk, we don't know. But no one put the braces on to keep her feet from atrophying. So when we came into the picture when she was 16, they said, You could have her ankles rebroken and then the braces put on. And I, I thought, That's so said so nonchalantly, and this is a major surgery that this child already endured. But no one was there to put the braces on because it just gets lost in the shuffle. Oh, man. So.
0: That's tough.
1: Mm-hmm. That's terrible. I'd like to share with you how um, Ashanti came into the family then, though, because this was a really neat story from God. That was my reaction to when they told me, Master Jay.
0: So it was the it was the state, and um, it was just the, the care that she was under that that mm-hmm. they just neglected. Yeah. Well. Anyway, I'm sorry. Continue.
1: Oh, that's yeah. okay. So, um, to back it up to when we first moved to Florida from the Philadelphia area 11 years ago, um, we had gotten interested in foster care and our daughters Ashlyn and Ava were eight and four and at that point we had been sponsoring children in other parts of the world um, through Compassion International, Bethany Christian Services and an organization called Show Hope that Stephen Chapman and his wife run and Show Hope we had a little boy in China named Hubert and he was living in an orphanage for children with special needs and we would send monthly donation to help fund his care. And it was a unique sponsorship because usually sponsorships occur where one child is placed with one family, um, and you receive letters from each other and keep in touch that way. But Hubert had seven families sending the donation to provide for his care for all of his medical needs. And the one day we got an email that Hubert died, and this is while he was still living in the orphanage. And that really broke my heart because I thought no child should die an orphan. Mm -hmm. And I just remember crying out to God in that moment, asking him to help us make sure that doesn't happen to other children. And so fast forward to our adoption of Ashanti, Um, that's really the whole premise of her middle name, Hope. Because our experience with Hubert was the only reason that led me to her on the Tampa Heart Gallery. Mm. Because with all of those needs, who's going to adopt someone that, I mean, everything about our family changed. Right. But what was so incredible in it as we went forward with the process, still afraid because it would mean sleepless nights and. I am not in a medical profession. I don't know how to care for her when Jason is at work. And she's supposed to have 24-hour care for nursing, but sometimes that doesn't happen. And so just stepping forward in faith, knowing that this I had Hubert in my head, you know, I don't want this to happen to this girl. And then finding out she was the longest waiting child. And then after adopting her, COVID hit. And she would have been in a nursing home because at that point she was 18. Mm. And so I'm just so grateful that all of that came together to provide her with a family. And it's radically changed us as a family. Um, We take things slower. Uh, Our children are incredibly gentle with her in a way that I never expected and never needed to teach. Belle and Hank are now 9 and 8. So when she first moved in, they were 5 and 4. And immediately when she would be drooling and unable to swallow her saliva, Mm -hmm. they went right over and wiped it off her face with her bib. Right. And I, I just thought... I would have thought most kids would think, ooh, I don't want to touch that. And they right. didn't even have to be asked, they just did it on their own. Mm-hmm. And it's just been incredible to see that. And this past Christmas, when we were opening gifts, Ashanti was ready when all the other kiddos were ready. And every other Christmas, she's still been snoozing right. <laughs> when they're that, opening their sure, gifts. Sure. And uh, this past Christmas, she came out in her wheelchair, and Bell immediately stopped opening her gifts and brought Ashanti hers and opened up Ashanti's in front of her and mm. started showing her all of her gifts and just left hers aside. It's sure. just been amazing to see.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's um, you know, when uh, new families, right? Or you know you're, or new couples they are in the throes of a relationship, uh, a new loving relationship. You know they throw out ideas like you know, hey, I would picture myself adopting one day, or I picture myself fostering one day. The idea is nice, mm-hmm. but the reality <laughs> <laughs> you're because you're painting a picture right now of you know, yes, uh, there's a lot of love, of course but the flip side to it is unbelievably difficult. Yes. I mean life changing and it, and with with a human like Ashanti I mean one can't imagine what that really means. Mhm. Right? And on all these adjustments that you guys have to be you guys you guys just can't up and leave to go on a vacation. No. Yeah. So Tell us about the book. Tell us about uh, Our Living Hope.
1: So it walks you through our family's journey. We um, we went from two children to seven children in the span of four years. So big changes. And first through foster care, then adoption. And then we had an agreement in placement with our um, our newest member of the family, Naraya. Mm. Um, so when COVID hit, She was kicked out of her home through no fault of her own, and she was a student in one of my Bible studies, so she moved in with us, and we were able to have paperwork drawn up that gives us medical rights, um, academic rights, to make those decisions with her and for her. And Does she live... In the house, with the yeah, guy? yeah. She yeah. lives okay. in our in our home, and she just turned 18. So now we'll be able to formally adopt her because once someone's 18, they can be adopted and sign the paperwork themselves. Right. So that's exciting. And when we adopted Ashanti, my friend Jesse Locke and I had just started a ministry called the Foster Flock and it was its purpose was to come into the local churches and train people mm-hmm. to either become foster caregivers or adoptive parents or be the support network network for them because the statistics are if every church in our community just one family from every church took in one child the need would be eradicated and so i've seen that play out in birmingham alabama with david platt's church I've read his books that explained they flipped the script from children waiting for families to families waiting for children. Mm. And I thought, if they can do that in Birmingham, we can do it in Lakeland. So we started doing these trainings, and it was really beautiful to see the local church rally around this need, because it's an invisible need since Mm. it's involving children. It's not as broadcast as other needs are for their privacy
0: let me ask you um, mm-hmm. if you're 18 and you're officially in the eyes of the state you're you're an adult i mm-hmm. mean and yet you still want to be adopted but you can choose not to be adopted at that point yes correct so yes i mean not speaking for her but what what why was her reason for wanting to be adopted at well, she
1: point. she knows that she is a member of our family. She wants to change her last name hmm. to Sailor and making it formal. Um, it's just an added layer of love. And you're right, we don't need to go through that formal process. She could simply change her name to Sailor. Right. But we want her to have all of the rights that the rest of the children have in our family as... Our kids,
0: mm. mm-hmm. and uh she was here the other day yes. with with Emily, and she's great by the yes. way. Yes, like she's really fun, yeah. <laughs> like a really nice person as well. Wow.
1: Yeah, it was really neat to run into teachers who she's had over the years, and have them say very simply, "You look really happy," mm. and she says, "I am," and. It's been a huge blessing for us to speak positivity into her life when there's been so many negative things said at her that Mm. are not true. And just so to make sure she knows that as she goes off into the world that she is loved and she has value has been a really wonderful experience for us.
0: Right. Yeah. So, I mean, when you foster someone, foster a child... Do they necessarily live in your home with you or is yes. is that, is, I mean, it is, yes, correct?
1: Yes. Uh, yeah. And you know what, there are rare circumstances. Uh, when we were looking on the Tampa Heart Gallery, there was a child living in a nursing home who just simply needed someone to advocate for him, but would not be able to move out of the nursing home. But because of how far away he lived, that wasn't a possibility for us mm-hmm. uh, to do weekly or you know a few times a week a visit to him to make sure he knew that he was loved so we opted out of going down that path so it can happen where you right. wouldn't have the child living in your home but for primarily it would be
0: I mean when you when you think of uh, nursing home you think of elderly people, right not right. children living in a nursing home but that happens
1: yeah, because of the, the, his level of medical needs. Okay, yeah. right. So, and there are there are group homes uh, that unfortunately need to exist because there aren't enough foster homes. So when a child goes into the system, the um, the agencies will contact foster caregivers who have an available spot in their home. When we started fostering, we were licensed for two children, ages zero to three. We set up those parameters. Sometimes people think they just have to accept any child that the agency calls about. No, No. you you make that decision. And I have friends who the mom is saying yes to all of it, kind of like me. And the husband is the voice of reason to say, no, we can't do this right now. We have to have some healthy boundaries. And that's Jason. Mm. And so... They have it set up in their families where the husband is the one to get the initial call. Oh, <laughs> Skip wow. the wife screen, who will say yes yeah, and have the, the voice call. of reason. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, because so, you'd be saying yes to everybody. Yeah. So the day we were licensed back in 2016, we got a call for three children ages seven, two, and one. And we were like, why do we even give them parameters? Because <laughs> <laughs> this is not two kids zero to three. And so we said yes, and that is Emily Bell and Hank. So we were so fortunate after being their foster caregivers that we were actually able to adopt them. That's not always the case. Right. And they really want people to understand that. Don't go into foster care if you want this child to be your forever family because you should should have the desire to help them be reunified. So that was our initial desire for them. And due to the birth parents continuing down their path with meth and being in prison, they weren't able to be reunified. God. So Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um what else did you ask about foster care with the initial placement, right?
0: Right. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. I I didn't know, you know how involved that that is um what's uh, do you have a goal in mind or an objective in mind
1: well with the foster flock the goal was to make sure as many people as possible are aware of this need especially in the church because i believe that people want to help they just don't know how Mm -hmm. and so that was the goal in writing this book i've always wanted to be an author but um my friend Nicola called and she said, you need to write about this. God Mm. told me you need to write about this. And I said, it's funny you're saying that because I have always wanted to be an author and there's a ton of children's stories I want to write, but I do need to start with this because... Hopefully it'll help other people know that they can do it too because it's so scary and all of the questions that Jesse and I got at the foster flock trainings were very fear-based. What's this going to do to our kids already in the home? What's this going to do to our marriage? And just knowing, you know, doing it afraid even though you're afraid and you will get through it because you have this community around you supporting you the blessings have, I couldn't imagine all the blessings that have come with it. You know, Um, I, I would, I think myself 10 years ago, knowing I wasn't going to get sleep and uh, our vacations could never look the same that they did before. You know, I might've said, no, I'm not ready for that, but I'm so grateful that God has me at a place in my life where he has me saying, yes, I'm, I'm being obedient to that. And, I just have no idea what's happening next, but it's, he is, my relationship with him has grown so close because of this.
0: Um, how do, how do people find you to get more information? Uh, because you've got a wealth of, of knowledge and experience.
1: Well, this book is available on Amazon and, um, It's free if you use the Kindle Unlimited app, Mm. and it has a section in the back that answers the questions that we were frequently asked at our trainings. COVID shut down those trainings when the churches had to close, and when we adopted Ashanti, I said to Jesse, there's no way I can continue doing this with Ashanti at home because she has a higher level of care that's needed. But Jesse has continued doing some work with Heartland for Children, Um, So they're always a great place to start to go on their website to get more information about which path you want to take. And then they also have the opportunity to volunteer because a lot of people will say, I can't have kids in my house right now, but I want to help. And so any skill set you have uh, is, is helpful. We have families who do laundry for the foster family. We had people dropping meals off to us the first three weeks Ashanti lived with us, and that was so helpful because there's no time to cook a meal or even think about what to cook when a new kid comes into the home. So that Mm -hmm. was such a blessing. Uh, Babysitting, because it does take a toll on your marriage. And Jason and I always have gone on one date every week, Mm -hmm. but when we went from two to five kids overnight, we had to start going on two dates a week because we— we were having a hard time having a simple conversation without it being interrupted by a meltdown. Mm. So that is how we continue to help, although we're not able to currently foster. We have a friend's kids come over every month for one day during the weekend for the whole day while she and her husband go on a date for the day. And it's so funny because since that started, they went from three to four to five kids. And so for March...
0: (laughs) You guys enabled them (laughs)
1: I said, do not show up here in March with six kids. <laughs> right. So. Yeah.
0: yeah. This is tremendous, Patty. Thank you so much for coming on the show.
1: Absolutely. Thanks um, for having me. I'll,
0: uh, I'll uh, put in the show notes how, you, how people can, can get your book. And, uh, yeah, thanks again. Parting words, parting words. What do you want, Patty Saylor? Give me something material that you want or you need
1: Oh, I was going to say for the kiddos who are still waiting, Um, because when we saw Shanti on there and realized how long she had been waiting, it was just so long. So for people to look at the website on the heart galleries and find out ways to help those children, that's our number one desire, because I still see children waiting from a few years ago on that website, and that breaks my heart. So, okay. Just
0: fair enough. Very good. Thanks, Patty. Thanks Thank to you you. again. All right. Thank you for listening to the Jay Che Show. Brought to you by Karate Beyond Discipline, Focus, Confidence. KarateBeyond.com. Martial arts classes for men, women, and children. After school pickup, evening classes, and summer camp. Visit KarateBeyond.com.